You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner alongside Thomas Carinante, and it's getting increasingly ridiculous feeling for us to do the podcast and say the Yankees are good. They're great. They're dominating people. They're winning series. And yes, the last thing you saw was a horrible choke. But it's true yet again. The New York Yankees won a series in Baltimore after getting a ton of terrible injury news on Friday evening. They went into the series with a subpar lineup. They took two out of three. They are now an unbelievable, a, a, a clear your eyes with your hands because you don't believe what you're looking at. Three and ten in the final games of series. That's insane. And they should have swept this one and they didn't. But you know what? That's okay. Two out of three is a great winning percentage. They're 22 and 18 in the first quarter of the season you repeat that you get to 88 wins but i hope they don't repeat that i think that is their floor and their ceiling is higher make sure to find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your podcasts drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question if you've got something you want to ask us thomas carinante welcome back to the podcast a bunch of yankees are hurt the yankees are still winning baseball games and they're taking series against good teams uh i'm not that upset i'm trying not to be I'm not upset. I, I mean, the only thing I'm upset about is we keep getting the limp podcast where we're reporting Every single podcast. We're, we're talking about the last game of a series that they could theoretically just sweep the whole thing and make it all really good. Or we're just talking after like game one where they win and we're like, oh, yeah, we'll see what happens. So uh, another one this weekend, we had the f- electrifying electrifying uh, Friday Gio Rochelle with the go ahead uh, home run in the in the eighth. It was or the seventh. Seventh. Uh, yeah. Seventh. Three pinch it. Three run bomb. Uh, right center field got everybody got everybody jacked up then the Saturday win and then they got off to a hot start yesterday what was it they scored four runs in the first and they end up four runs in the first so um, like you said winning series uh, the floor at this point is 88 wins which you probably have to be happy with with everything that they've dealt with uh, up until this point Um, oh wait wait a second before we 
Before we go further about the Yankees, I know we have some updates on a number of players, injuries and uh, and whatnot. But uh, guys, we have a pubic service announcement for you. <laughs> That's and crazy. It's the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. This is not the 3.0, folks. This is the 4.0. This trimmer was just released only moments ago, more like days, and we're one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. We'll get to that in a second. But what makes this trimmer different from all the other Manscaped trimmers that we've been talking about in the past or that you've seen in other advertisements that you've heard about? Well, 4.0, a new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock created for people who like to travel. Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn on a 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for more uh, for a more precise shave or precise shave. Uh, the new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all over through additional guard length sizes one through four. I don't know why you'd want to keep your action long down there with a size four. <laughs> I buzz my head with a size uh, three. That's that's probably too long. Uh, I think we should stick to one and two here, guys. A size four. I love <laughs> what I've got working down there. Yeah. I just need to make a slight adjustment. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what that is. Uh, and looks wise, it's sleek with a two tone matte and gloss finish. Even features a hot foil stamp black chrome Manscaped logo. Show off that mower loud and proud. Uh, this is waterproof. You can do it in the shower. No more making a mess in your room next to your bed. No more doing it on the bathroom floor either. Either hide this stuff uh, from everybody close to you. Nobody wants to see it. Uh, but nonetheless, we can groom ourselves. We can re-enter society as we're starting to open back up again. And pube uh, maintenance is very important. So head on over to manscaped.com, everybody. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Once again, 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com using the code FANSIDED20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. I would say the Yankees are probably at a two right now. They're not as intense. They're not the one. They're not like slicing teams up. But there are two. I'm very confident in what they've produced. They have they have continued the trend of being one of the best teams in baseball following Jay Bruce's retirement. It's a <laughs> real thing that happened. Like literally, I couldn't have imagined. I, it, the joke's on me because as someone who like I'm not a huge enthusiastic Jay Bruce supporter. When he was the starting first baseman on opening day instead of Luke Voigt, I was obviously bummed out by that. But at no point was I like. Jay Bruce will at some point be the sole thing holding this team back from success and stardom. They have basically the best record in baseball since Jay Bruce went down. Um, Overall, hard to be that disappointed by this weekend, especially Friday night. Basically, uh, you know, there is you enter the series with the Orioles going. The Yankees probably have a two out of three floor in this series as long as nothing goes insane. The pitching matchups are Dean Kramer and Jorge Lopez and John Means in the third one. Oh, wait, John Means got scratched. Not sure why. If I'm the Orioles, I definitely think I want John Means facing the Yankees uh, because that's a chance to flip the series into a two out of three. All you have to do then is get lucky once in one of the other games because in the third game of a series, not saying the Yankees can't hit John Means or can't beat John Means, but the Yankees punt third games anyway. Like the mm-hmm. three and ten record in third games a series is a combination of Aaron Boone punting third games, the Yankees having hard luck in third games, and the Yankees just flat out being bad in third games and getting dominated in like the weird Rays series. 
like the weird Blue Jays series that Bo Bichette uh, walk off homers. Sometimes just bad things happen to them. Um, it's a combination of bad luck and by design, though. And I think if the Yankees had won the first two games, they're absolutely punting that third one against John Means. Uh, if the Yankees had split the first two games, they're probably going to semi punt against John Means, too. It's it's not a good look. Um, and so I enter the series going, you know, it's unlikely that bad things are going to happen. Two out of three is probably the baseline. Oh, wait. Aaron Hicks has a crazy wrist injury. His wrist sheath is torn. Um, nobody knows what's going to happen to him. That's the first bit of bad news we get. And then Stanton, calf soreness, scratch from the lineup. I'm not going to go on an extended Stanton rant. I don't have a Stanton rant in me. All I have to say is that the man, like, look, injury manage him and load manage him however you want to. I don't have a problem with him not playing this May series against the Baltimore Orioles, but I am not sure how his calves got sore. He doesn't play the field. Um, that's all he does is hit. It's a bummer that after a month of great baseball, his calves are now sore. That's all I'm going to say about it. It's not a rant. Uh, whatever happens, happens. This is not a series he needed to play, but it's still a bummer to see him get scratched. Um, my Hicks theory is sort of if the Yankees let, like, let's say Hicks needs season ending surgery, which I suspect he probably will considering uh, there are two extremes here. Mark Teixeira said he had a torn tendon wrist sheath in 2009, which I didn't even know. Got cortisone, knocked it out, played the whole season, was an MVP candidate. Had the same thing in 2013, got surgery, and it sapped his power when he came back, and he was never quite the same hitter again. Not great. Not what you want from Aaron Hicks. So my theory is if he needs season-ending surgery, if the Yankees do nothing and roll with Ryan Lamar and – Greg Allen and an untested Esteban Florial in the outfield or Brett Gardner becomes a full-time starter and Clint Frazier, there's no respite for him and he just starts every day. That's bad. The Yankees get worse in that scenario. But if the Aaron Hicks injury spurs the Yankees to trade for a starting caliber center fielder or a lefty bat who can, you know, a real actual lefty bat who is a good, you know, power threat OBP guy, David Peralta style who can maybe push Frazier to the bench or triple a, then I think the Yankees get better than they would have if they had stayed pat with Hicks in center field. So I think there's a double-edged sword here. If the Yankees don't solve the problem, obviously they are a worse team, but if the Hicks injury spurs them to solve other problems, they already had then I think there's a way for them to be a better unit headed into the second half of the year without Hicks in that case. And I feel bad saying it, but that's kind of my vibe. I agree. And it's not, yeah, it's nothing against Hicks. We've just talked about a lot of things that's that have happened to him over the last few years. You get Tommy John. I'm sure it's uncomfortable coming back and trying to get back into the swing of things, especially when you didn't have a full season to do so last year. Uh, and then this year doesn't get off to a hot start uh, dealing, dealing with the deal, banged up a little bit uh, timings off. Um, and then you're hit with, then you're hit with this and, he just wasn't performing up to capacity uh, and the Yankees really can't afford that in center field. And with one of their very few left-handed bats, so Hicks is obviously a switch hitter, but they're mostly relying on him for those lefty at bats, uh, not really paying dividends at all. Um, uh, but I, yeah, I think you're right. I think we've talked about David Peralta previously. I, I like Joey Gallo, man. Uh, we don't know what the Rangers are going to be doing. Uh, I know he can't, I mean, he, he's played center field before. I don't know how good he is there. He is, on a he's apparently good there, which is yeah. kind of crazy. Well, he's a gold glove, right fielder or left fielder. Uh, I he won think the gold right, glove last yeah. year, right? I think right. right. Field. Yeah. So, but he played, he can, he has the capability to play all three outfield positions. Which he's a first is, baseman yeah, and he's a first baseman. So you look at that. We don't know 
what's going to happen with anybody? Look at look at this already. We, we start the year off healthy and now all of a sudden we have Brugner door goes down and then it's a little bit of a chain reaction um, with uh, a few of these other guys. And we're getting the classic Yankee updates. Oh, we'll see. We don't know what's going to happen with Stanton this week. Yeah, I don't know. If I never hear he could be a player for us as long as I live, yeah. Aaron Boone, it would be too soon. Yeah. I think G might be a player for us in Texas. What does that mean? Because if you don't know if you're going to play him in Texas, the IL stint could help. You could call yeah. up uh, somebody else. It, it would be nice to have another bat. Yeah, I know. Um, I do like the prospect. Of, well, hey, you know, what's funny about Stanton, too. We were talking about in spring training about how he could potentially play some field this year and really help the Yankees with their lineup flexibility. Maybe you uh, throw a something Clint Frazier into the DH spot. Maybe you give Hicks the day off. Maybe you give Judge a day off because he's going to need some days off. And then you don't really miss a beat because you're putting Stanton in the field and then you keep one of the potent bats in the lineup. Or you could just put Judge at DH and he could just walk to first base every time he hits the ball. Um, but uh, Stanton will not be playing outfield this year, folks. Uh, nope. I don't I don't have any inside information on that. I, I can just tell you it's not going to happen. Uh, well, Boone said on Friday, like an hour before he got scratched, I think Stanton, you, this might be an opportunity without Hicks where you're going to see Stanton for us in the outfield. He, he said it on Friday. And then it's almost like Stanton read that quote and was like, oh, uh, no, oh no, no, no. I am not doing that. In fact, I am going to tell you that I'm injured now because <laughs> I am so beyond not doing that. So it's the timing was hilarious. Yes, I remember going to see that this year. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, it, it couldn't be worse. And now that it's a lower body injury, which is the concerns of the, uh, I guess, consistency at which they happen. Judge has been dealing with lower body soreness. This was Stanton's issue last year when he missed that time with hamstring. The year, uh, it, What was it? Calf in the beginning of the year, then hamstring at, at the end of the year. I believe so. So, yeah, yeah. stuff that's not really going to uh, it's not really encouraging because they deal with enough injury problems. The last thing you need is a is a nagging soft tis- tissue issue that's going to not really give you any answers. Apparently, they, the Yankees don't have any answers. The medical staff, uh, th- they have no answers for soft tissue injuries. It's just, oh, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. I don't know what's going on. I've never heard of this uh, in, in. I mean, there are football players who 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 week in and week out just go and smash people in the face for a living and get their knees cut out from under them. And there's, I've never heard of a soft tissue injury uh, yet. Here we are. Um, but it does open up opportunities for the Yankees because now, like I said, we will not be seeing Stanton play the outfield. Uh, problem is with the Rangers though, if we're looking at them and even the, are the diamond, the diamondbacks are like, okay. Uh, every team is yeah. okay. Even so the every, pirates are okay. Yeah. So like, I don't know what they're going to do. Gallo right now is not entirely uh, hot at the plate. He leads the league in strikeouts. In fact, he struck out 59 times in 40 games already. Um, 753 OPS, nothing crazy, but uh, we've talked about it before. Put him in a lineup with uh, all these guys really changes the complexions of things and given the short portion right field. I know we talk about that all the time. It's like beating a dead horse, but it will make a difference for a guy like Gallo, who I'm sure you've seen him put charges into many at globe life park and that they don't get out. That's, that's a, that's a pitcher friendly ballpark. So um, it does open up options here. Uh, It does kind of sad to say it could, it could improve uh, actually the lineup if the Yankees do the right thing at the trade deadline. Um, and I don't think they can afford to not do anything at the trade deadline this year because Brian Cashman has stood pat for, I think, uh, I, I'm not going to count the J-Hap trade as like something momentous. Are you? I'm not. 
I mean, it was a move meant to improve the team's weakness. But, but it wasn't yeah, I mean, like, let me trade two top five prospects to like get my no. team to the World Series. No, no. He's, he hasn't. I don't know when the last time he did that was. Uh, but the last like bigger trade was Jay Happ at the deadline. So last two years did absolutely nothing. Um, so now we're dealing with some injuries. It's very clear that this team has the potential to make the run to the World Series with the way the rotation is kind of shaping out. So something's going to need to be done if this is the one hole that they're going to need to fill. I think the Yankees are going to make a trade. Uh, the quotes, uh, Morosi on a Monday morning, honestly, said uh, Yankees are looking at a left-handed bat. That's not a shocker. That should not surprise anyone. But they're going to actually need to make a move for a left-handed bat before I, I give them credence because they were obviously looking for a reliever last year, too. Mm-hmm. Saw Archie Bradley, and then we're like, eh, no thanks. I don't think I'm going to do that. Now, was there a game-changing reliever on the market? I'm not sure. Did the Yankees try to address their vacancy and, and determine who was one? No, they obviously did not do that. Stick around. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I reveal the left-handed batter I want. Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for sports stuff you definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play-calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Now I'm going to read you an article from 2017. I'm going to remove the name. The name is going to be redacted. This yes. is uh, this is about someone who uh, could be available at the trade deadline this year and certainly has been traded in the not so distant past. He does not play for his original team. He's no longer on the team he was on in 2017. Um, here's the article. Uh, let, let's uh, let's see if you can fill in the name on the quote. I think the field kind of plays to my swing. I feel like you see the ball well here at Yankee Stadium. The lighting is good. The backdrop's good. They have a lot of pitchers who throw hard and are really tough. I guess it makes you that much more locked in. This person hit his fifth home run in the Bronx that year, that weekend. So 2017 hit five home runs in our stadium, and he was a rookie outfielder at that point. Who is this person? Rookie outfielder in 2017. Hit was five good. home runs in the Bronx and then talked about how he loves the backdrop and how his swing plays perfectly to the stadium. And I think the years between 2017 and now bore that out. This guy wore us out, especially in the Bronx. Mm. In 2017. I don't know. Andrew Benintendi. Benintendi? I was going to no say, is this on... a division rival? Like, why are they talking about playing and yet, like, enjoying Yankee Stadium? Yes, Andrew Benintendi, <laughs> who I think you can agree kicked our ass in yeah. the Bronx. Uh, never developed in the way the Red Sox wanted him to, although who knows, who knows, right? 2017, 20 bombs, 90 RBI, 271 average, 352 OPS, and only a 103 OPS plus. Next year, 2018, when the Red Sox were unstoppable, 1687, 293, 66, 465, 123 OPS plus, firmly above league average, was weird and pretty bad the next year, 100 OPS plus, 1368, 266 average, 343 OBP. Played 14 games last year in the garbage, stupid Red Sox season and hit 103. I don't really know what that was, but then he was injured and he was out. He got four hits and 39 at-bats. No one, I will never think about that ever again. (laughs) Um, But KC this year, Back up to 283, 346, 384, three home runs and 11 ribs uh, in 37 games. I like what I'm seeing. I, I, the Royals made moves this offseason to semi-contend, right? They added Mike Miner, Carlos Santana, Wade Davis, all these sort of veteran guys who like 
there could have been bounce back from all of these people and they could have contended and they had the best record in baseball entering May. Now they definitively do not have the best record in baseball. And so the speculation when they got Ben Intendi was, do they see an opportunity here to get better and be a good, like is Ben Intendi part of their future or do they see an obvious buy low that gives them the ability to later flip Andrew Benintendi? I'm not sure still. I don't know what the Royals are. I think they're a 500 ish team. And I commend them for getting pieces that would make them semi-contend this year. But I do think Benintendi would be available. And I do think I would be interested. I would be interested in Gallo. Don't get me wrong. Peralta, I like him too. But the idea of Benintendi at Yankee Stadium with that porch, considering the Yankees forgot to build a team for the porch this year, and I've raged about this before, and this is nothing new, but it's like if the Red Sox built an entire roster of pitchers whose sole goal was to get hitters to hit high fly balls to left field. And then they took the field and they were like, oh my God, every day home runs over the monster. We're so stupid. <laughs> the Yankees lefties are like Mike Ford, Gardner, who appears to be done, uh, Rubnet Odor, who they was not part of the plan and they got on a whim. Jay Bruce, retired, no longer in baseball. Tyler Wade, doesn't count, not an offensive player. Um, the, the lefty offense, uh, Mike Talkman traded. It, it's nobody. It's There's no people. The Yankees forgot to get lefties. Aaron Hicks was terrible from the left side and was hitting well from the right side. Of course he was. We were telling him to give up switch hitting. And the Yankees had basically banked on him being one of their very few lefty components to the lineup. So they need a lefty. They need a contact bat with moderate power who likes the stadium, who plays well at the short porch. And Ben and Teddy is exactly that. Yeah. And I think the Royals did. The Royals were smart. Uh, Dayton Moore went out and kind of uh, made moves that they that could help them this year and would give them some sort of a projection beyond 2021. So, yes, Andrew Benintendi, free agent after this season, Red Sox paying of, of probably 30 to 40 percent of his salary from that deal. And now they get a somewhat young player. This is only a six year in MLB. The Royals can look at him and say, okay, uh, is he improving this year? Do we like the way he's kind of projecting? Do we want to sign him to a contract extension? Or are we not good? Do we kind of have to do a little bit more rebuilding than we thought? And if Benintendi ends up being a lot better than we had anticipated, trade him at the deadline, get some more assets. And they have a lot of guys who they could theoretically do that with. Danny Duffy is another one. I don't think the Yankees are going to do that lefty starter, uh, but having one of the better starts to his career, um, he's eating, uh, I think he's making like 14 or 15 million this year. They can trade some money off the books. Teams are always looking for starters, get some value there. Maybe we, uh, maybe we talk a little Ben and Taney, uh, Josh Stalmont, uh trade package. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to, you're going to be looking at a, a bunch of guys on this team, assuming that they continue to fall out of contention back end relievers too. Uh, I know Stalmont's not exactly super back end. I who's, who's closing for them. Holland or Davis. So they have uh, Davis the, closed yesterday. Holland, yeah. I think. I think they just are floating around. Yeah, they they just flip around. So Stalmont's, you know, kind of like the the bridge to these guys. Um, and uh, the thing about him, why he could potentially be packaged, the Yankees could always use another bullpen arm because they're taxing their bullpen uh, like it's nobody's business. But uh, you look at Stalmont and how. Uh, the Royals are kind of rebuilding. Are he, he's he's under club control for another three years. So do the Royals look at themselves and are they like, are we going to be like fully in contention in three years or should we just maximize this dude's value and kind of uh, retool and figure out what we could do? Because the Royals have a decent foundation, um, but they have all these pieces that could potentially net them a lot more value. Uh, I don't mind Benintendi at all. Um, I think he would be extra motivated, especially I think he was disrespected in Boston based on just what this was like. He's getting paid 6 million this year. Like the Red Sox. I don't, I I still will never understand trading Mookie bets, but if you look at 
what they wanted to do because they were being such cheap bastards. They figured, okay, we can get rid of this $27 million and then another team is going to take on, you know, half of David Price's salary and we don't want him or need him. So there was at least you look at that and you're like, okay, that's like 40, that's like $43 million or something. Uh, 45, I don't, I'm not good at math. Uh, so like they had an excuse for money there. There was really no excuse for Ben and And then you saw the reports that kind of came out of Boston afterward that said uh, some front office executives were not thrilled with it because a lot of people were banking on a bounce back from Ben and who, by the way, is still a pretty good player. Uh, he had th- right in the meat of his. Uh, I guess prime, you would say in Boston, he finished uh, uh, second in rookie of the year voting back in 2017, but those three years, 2017 to 2019 were very good. Uh, I know he kind of dipped off in, in, uh, in 2019, his average dropped down to 266 and his OPS was 774, but 13 bombs, 68 RBIs, 72 runs scored. He played 138 games. He plays solid defense. Then he has a bad 14 game stint to start off 2020 and is injured and they just ship him out of town. Uh, I don't know what the thinking was there. They ended up with Franchi Cordero. Is he still Franchi Cordero is still like not even a baseball player at this point. He's 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 playing that poorly. The Red um, Sox played all backups on Sunday and he wasn't even involved. Yeah, he's gone now. He's been exiled. Yeah. Alex Cora said he's like, yeah, not really a good start for Franchi. He was batting like zero. Um, so my I magical strategy of telling players to hit better did not work with <laughs> Franchi Cordero. Just going uh, around the locker room going, hey, buddy, you got to hit a little better, man. Go up to the plate, hit fastballs a little better. You got it, coach. And Franchi's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, OK, you're benched. You can't do it. <laughs> uh, I like the revenge factor here. So I, I'm certainly on board with this. And uh, maybe maybe an extension candidate. I, I, I don't I don't I'm not I wouldn't be opposed to that, especially because do we really know what the future of the outfield is like if Hicks is getting season ending wrist surgery? You have to think 2022 is going to be another year where he's trying to figure things out. What's yeah. the deal with Clint Frazier? I don't really know. I think I think it's a problem if he continues to not hit this year. So get yourself insurance with Ben and create a little bit more competition out there. And then figure things out. Maybe at the deadline, you move one of these guys, or at the end of the year, you figure it out. I don't know, but I like shaking things up a little bit uh, at the midseason deadline with an impact uh, acquisition. It's also just another thing. Like I hate to, I I don't feel like I should be breaking this news to Yankee fans, but like the yeah, the starting outfield is theoretically good. Cliff Frazier, Aaron Hicks, Aaron Judge, good baseball players. But other teams, like the good teams in baseball, have like five or six good starting caliber outfielders, and, and like they have guys they can sub in who play, and you go, oh, interesting. Marwin Gonzalez is playing today. Hunter Renfro is playing today. Like you don't look at it and go, like we have a one twenty hitter who's going to be you know taking the yeah. starters' place. The first First line of defense is not like Esteban Florial, who's got one triple A at bat. And you're like, yeah, no, it's him. He's up. Great. Problem solved. Like other good teams have a second line of good defense that can come and play the outfield. So like Andrew, like only Yankee fans are like, where's he going to play? We already have Aaron judge. Like every year, these people have to miss time every year. Something happens. And even if like Aaron judge does not have to play 162 games, you should be able to put somebody in the lineup instead of Aaron judge who isn't, 46 year old Brett Gardner who I'm starting to think lied about his age or at the very least like was extremely affected by the changing baseball like I hate I hate to say I I have no problem having Brett Gardner as a fifth outfielder but this I know you've said it before but this really might be it for him his metrics are the lowest of the low he's in like the second percentile of hitting baseballs hard he doesn't hit the ball in the air he pops out when he does none of it's good and he's been a great Yankee for a long time 
and I thank him for his service, but I think this is probably the end of the road for Brett Gardner for real. So why not get a 26-year-old lefty swinging outfielder who can doesn't have to start every day, can play 70% of the games down the stretch? And I do think he was disrespected in Boston. I never understood his exile. I thought he was their guy. Sometimes you want to win with your guys who you believe in, and sometimes it makes sense to move on a year too early rather than a year too late, Bill Belichick style. But I didn't think that was this case. I thought he had a crazy, weird 2020, which he basically did not play, barely hit for a week, you know, so had a bad week and then got hurt and never played again. Um, he, played I don't 151, he played 151 minor league games before debuting. So yeah, and, and then he, he just stayed after awesome. that. He just stayed after that. That's unbelievable. Yeah, he came up and was great. He was like their best hitter in that Indians playoff series that they got swept yeah. in, which was great. It was a great time for me. But like, <laughs> The way they they called him up in 2016, he was immediately their best hitter. Same deal with when they called Devers up in 2017, he was immediately their best hitter. Like the, the Red Sox were hitting on minor league options for a while. I'm surprised. I'm just still stunned. Benintendi's not there. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, he was on an upward trajectory to be sort of a Fred Lynn 15 to 20 year Red Sox. Not going to happen unless they want to re-sign him after this year, which they don't. Um, I think they're going to sign Chris Bryant. That's you know, hate me when it happens. I, I, they're probably going to do that. Chris Bryant's dad was like a Red Sox prospect. He learned everything he knew from Ted Williams. He imp- it, there's a there's a storyline. You guys can check it out. I thought George Springer was going there too. I was wrong. I'm pretty sure Chris Bryant's going to be their starting left fielder next year, but don't take it from me. Um, I still think Ben Intendi is a great fit for the Yankees. And, and yeah, Aaron Hicks, um, this really might be it. Like the uh, wrist surgery on, on this sort of, uh, of this level and impact, the wrists are essential. Like quick wrists are a huge part of succeeding in Major League Baseball. I, I don't want to be morose um and morbid i this might be it he might come back next year with no power and this could be like the end of the road for aaron hicks doesn't mean it was a bad contract it was a confusing contract there were other people i would have extended over aaron hicks um but i think getting him at a seven year 70 million dollar 10 million dollar a year that is a bargain for what aaron hicks produced before the contract Mm -hmm. but then again if he's the only person you ever signed to a long-term contract and then he does this it's going to dissuade the yankees from signing more deserving players to long-term contracts in the future yeah, uh, if it, it, it was a head scratcher just for, like you said, different reasons. The Yankees don't do the don't do this type of thing. And then they do it with Hicks, who was there for a very short period of time, though his abilities to be flexible and uh, very effective on defense and being a switch hitter made him valuable. So the front office is like, you know what? Low, low kind of like uh, spotlight, dude, we can get this contract over with. It won't be terrible. Then they do it with Luis Severino. And then this all of this happens. So maybe the Yankees were onto something by kind of waiting until the very end to do contract extensions, because the two that they just did didn't really work out, um, not from performance base, but certainly from injury base. Don't really know why or how. Um, but yeah, like I said before, if he's getting, if he's undergoing season ending surgery on, I don't know what this, they're saying surgery is possible. I don't know if you tear, if you tear a tendon in your wrist, I don't know why that wouldn't require surgery, but I guess we wait and see, cause we are also not doctors. Um, but if he's out for most of the re- the rest of this year, or at least most of it, 2022 is just going to be what 2021 is for him. Kind of a rebound, get your bearings back. And that's not going to sit well with fans because 2022 is probably the last year before the Yankees have to make some very tough decisions with the future of some of these other guys in the, in, on the roster. Um, but we can hope for the best at this point. We can hope it's a, maybe a month long rehab and Hicks can come back. I don't know if we're feeling that optimistic about it, but we'll put the good vibes out there because we don't really want to see this go by the wayside. Um, 
Silver lining, though, like we said before, could make some trades, could give us a better understanding of what we might be dealing with a couple of years down the road. Um, so we'll look at it from both of these lenses to try and be as positive as possible about it. I'm going to be positive about it. I don't think I don't think it breaks their future. I just don't think uh, I don't I am now less confident in Aaron Hicks's 2022 than I was before, for sure. Um, and the Yankees need to have a backup plan there in center field or at least somebody who can move from center to left, et cetera, like ah, Joey Gallo type, who I hope we enjoy watching over the next four days but not in the way where he like does stuff just in the way where like, maybe the Yankees are up 10, nothing in one of these games and Gallo hits a 500 foot moonshot. And then you can yeah. be like, Whoa, Hey, how about that? That guy, that guy's got talent. Or the Yankees are like one out away from a sweep up three and Gallo hits a solo homer or makes like a diving play in the ninth. And you're like, Whoa, okay. I see you, sir. Um, just that kind of thing. It might be nice. He seems, he seems like there may be uh, he may be destined to, to be a Yankee at some point in time and shout out before we sign off to Gio Rochella once again on that Friday home run. Yep. Huge. Amazing. Huge. Just a world series player, dude. He's the best. And, and that was a game he wasn't supposed to play. He was hurt. The bench was injured Stanton, injured Hicks, injured Urshela, and Mike Ford. It was the stupidest thing the Yankees have ever done going into a game. They needed like a superhuman effort from Kluber, who was really good for four innings, fell apart in the fifth. Yanks are down 4-2. Obviously, they're going to lose this game. Here comes Gio Urshela, puts up the at-bat of the season, nine pitches, I believe, and does what he does. It gets an outside cutter, rockets it into the right center field seat. Just such, such a goddamn good at-bat. And wins like that are huge for this team as they chug towards, you know, the second quarter of the season trying to prove that they are more than just a pretty face and that there's actually something there i think the al east is about to get very interesting and i like what i've seen for the yanks for probably like three weeks now that's a pretty large sample size and i'm excited for what comes next that is it for this edition of the yanks go yard podcast make sure to find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your podcast drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question until next time i'm adam weiner you can find me on twitter at adam weiner and I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. You can also find us at YanksGoYard.com. We're producing all the content possible for you over there. And you can talk to us on the Yanks Go Yard official Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS Rangers four game series. Thursday game is the day series. game. Thursday is a nice day game. Uh, so hopefully we're talking to you on Wednesday with the uh, with a nice series uh, 2-0 series lead. Maybe they could sweep this time. Probably we not. Don't, four game series. We don't face Kyle Gibson. Wow. Uh, Looks like yeah, we lucked so, out the last couple series. Look at that. It's weird. It's very weird. Look at that. But then once again, the Yankees are allergic to sweeping series. So yeah, I'm sure no. they'll find a way. I mean, it's Dane Dunning. He's good. It's mm-hmm. There's a TBD in there. It's Fulton Avich and it's uh, uh, Jordan Lyles. Tonight. Okay. So, All right, boys. Let's it. get the job done. Uh, and until then, folks, we'll talk to you next on Wednesday and hopefully have a nice cushion and some uh, good topics to talk about. We'll see you then. Hey, see ya. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.